praise God, praise God. Going to church, um, as I was saying, uh, is not something that we should be thinking of in terms of ritual and routine. And it's Sunday, so the thing I do on Sundays is I go to church. God had said to teach my people to worship. After we've praised and worshipped God at the beginning of service, then the question is now what? You know, what is it that we do? How do we listen to the sermon? Do we have high expectation that we will hear from God? Will God speak to me relative to my life? You know, and God speaks to us through through the through the written written word. You know, that's why we here in Genesis one. That's why we use the Bible. You know, I will not just stand up here and give you my thoughts and opinions and go on and on and on. But if what I'm saying is not based on the word of God, then it's not worth hearing. Amen. Amen. So what what are my expectations for, for coming to church? Do I have if I have an issue or a challenge in my life? Am I expecting to hear solutions from God during the sermon? You know, you know, there have been there have been times, I mean, over the many, many years when I was I was really feeling bad or discouraged about something and and didn't feel like going to church. You know, and I got up and I dragged into church and so on like that. And that very message that I would have missed had I stayed home was something I needed to hear. It would have been it was something about encouragement or something about something I needed to do, something I needed to stop doing. You know, our pastor used to always say that that if you're feeling an urge to to really stay out, I mean, if you're sick, you're sick. But I mean, if you're feeling an, an urge or you're just uh, you're kind of moping about going about, um, most likely that's the devil trying to prevent you from hearing what is about to be discussed during that sermon. And as a result of that, you'll miss your, you'll miss a blessing. You know, as a result of that, there could be a healing line that, that would have been called or an anointing line that would have been called that would have been exactly for the issue that you're wrestling with. Amen. So, so the place, you know, church, whether you're small or very, very large, besides if you're in a large enough church and you've got other activities going on, you've got the picnics and things like that going on, that's all nice. But the time that, uh, that the church is really intended for is during that time when you're gathering together. God says in his word, Forget, uh, forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. So that's important. God wants us to gather together uh, as a body, you know, to worship and so forth. There's a reason for that. So in coming to church... Other than the other activities and things that's going on, I'm here because I need that connection with God. I need that connection in a group setting. I need that connection where we're praising and we're worshiping, worshiping together. All right. So you have to you have to come with. Am I expecting to hear from God and solutions uh, for my life during the sermon? What is the purpose of hearing a sermon? If we are carefully listening with our spirit ears, we can hear wondrous, life-changing things from God. You know. I know a few things have even come from this pulpit, and I know that it's, 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 it's hit certain people and whatnot, because I can tell by the reactions where something that is said is actually hitting a circumstance that might be in their life. And this is not, a, not uncommon. Uh, if the person that is delivering the message is, is at all under influence of Holy Spirit, then he's got to be, he or she has got to be saying something that God wants to be heard. Amen? God forbid that I ever come up here without praying to God in the morning and seeking God and preparing myself spiritually to make sure that I'm saying and doing whatever it is that God wants me to do because it's for a reason. Amen. Amen. The pastor or the minister is the under-shepherd, not my words, according to the Bible, is the under-shepherd under Jesus Christ for doing God's work. Amen. So if you're coming to, to church expecting to hear and asking God, um, um, you, you, you will indeed hear. Okay. And it will also extend from the Sunday that you're in church, it can extend into the other parts of the rest of the days of the week. 
I was speaking to someone on the phone the other day, and the, the person will never know it, but the person said something that was exactly on my mind, something that I was wrestling with, and the person said something in passing, and right away in my spirit I knew that that was God confirmed that that was something I, need to, I needed to act on. You see, because it was something that I was praying about. And the other person doesn't have the faintest idea that what he said was indeed what I needed to hear. It was my confirmation. So you have things going on in your, in, in your life. It can start in that, on that Sunday during the sermon. Things that you may hear, but it can also drag out through the rest of the week. When someone will say something or something that you will read will confirm what God is asking, what, what you're looking for. Amen? But again, it's coming to church with an expectation of hearing from, of hearing from God. Amen? This is not just, this is Sunday, or this is a Saturday afternoon, I've got nothing to do, think I'll go to the movies. Well, this is not Sunday. I think I'll just go to church. This is Sunday because I want to go to church. I need to hear from God. During the week, I've been praying for something. Not that God cannot answer you. God will answer you outside of church. God knows he doesn't have to keep you waiting for a week before you get an answer. Amen. Amen. But the time of us gathering together like that and worshiping and worshiping together um, is, is, a pertinent, is an important time. Um, there, there, are, there are some that when we are in that praise and worship service, and I've seen them do it on many occasions, if they're a little bit late, they'll come to that door back there, they will see that we're praising and worshiping, and they'll stop. They will stop back there and wait until we finish, we're finished praising and worshiping. And that's the way it's supposed to be. This is the time that the Holy Spirit is ministering to us. Back in the other churches that I've been in, the usher back, the other, the usher back there, if there are people waiting to come into the sanctuary, they will hold that person back there. And they know that because you don't walk and move around the sanctuary if you can help it uh, when, when the praise and worship is going. This is a holy time. You've got to get to the point of understanding that regardless of whether you're a big church or a little church or a mediocre-sized church, whether you're in a fancy cathedral or meeting in a school someplace, that when you're here to worship God in two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, that God is here, that that is a holy time. It's a holy time. And if you set it like that in your mind that this is a special occasion and there are issues going on in your life, you'll hear from God. Trust me when I say that. Well, trust me. Trust God. You will hear from him. You will hear from him. You'll, you'll know. And then following into, into the rest of the week. So today we want to look at hearing, hearing God's word and understanding that is God. Turn to the book of John. John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Um, I, I'm, I'm being led in, in, this directions for, in this direction for many reasons. Um, as you remember the sermons over the past week, um, I believe that this year, 2015, is going to bring about many, many, many challenges, um, both on the world front, uh, physically as well as spiritually. Uh, I believe things are in action, are, in, are moving in that direction. If you keep an eye on what's happening in the Middle East, you know, and, and watch Jerusalem, watch Israel, look what's happening, with, happening over there in the Middle East and how things are occurring, people dying and such, so much chaos over there, the persecution of Christians very much. All of that is in line with Scripture. Um, I really believe that there are some changes coming about. Uh, I'm feeling that in my spirit, and therefore that's why these messages are, are crafted the way they are. Because what I'm hearing is that God's church, what I'm hearing from him is my church is not prepared. You know, 
that so many of us are still playing church, that we're going to the church for the wrong reasons. So we need to really get spiritually prepared and understand what the Word of God is telling us so that as things change in the direction, following, a line, following in the, in the line, in line uh, with, with Scripture, the way things say that they will and must go, that we, the body of Christ, will, will be in a position to stand strong and to stand fast, as the Scriptures tell us. Amen? So we're looking at this about hearing God's voice. Um, John chapter 8, and just go to verse... 47. Okay, 47 says, He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. And this is where he was, he was going back and forth with the, uh, with the Pharisees. Matter of fact, let, let me let you get it in the context. Go up to verse 42. I don't want to read out of context. 42 says, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Hear what he's saying there? Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convicteth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. So you are indeed of God. You know, everyone in this sanctuary is, is of God. So if you're of God, then you are capable of hearing God's words. The only way you would not hear God's words is if you, if you were not of him. Now, hearing God's words and understanding that they're God's words and doing something about them and believing them is something else. And we'll get to more of that later. But it starts with, first of all, as verse 47 says, He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. All right? So we have to see here that w- w- what they are wrestling with, what they are wrestling with is uh, um, uh, uh, who Jesus is, obviously. They, 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 they still do not believe that he is the son of God. They do not believe that he's God. So everything that they're doing, they're trying to discredit him and they're calling him everything else. You know, so that's why they just refuse, refuse to believe him or to hear him. So then when you go to John chapter 10, okay, again, this is about knowing Jesus' voice. All right? And again, coming to church with an expectation of hearing from God and listening for God. Uh, 10, we'll start with verse number 1. Uh, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Please in the line, the sheep hear his voice. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, underline that, too. he calls his own sheep by name, leads them out. I don't know if you've ever had the experience that when you've got something really challenging or troubling going on in your life, and you're struggling with the situation, and you may be in prayer, where you actually hear God call you by name to get your attention. You know, when you're struggling and you're wrestling with something and you're in prayer, you hear God's voice say, in my case, obviously because I'm Michael, he says, Michael. 
and that gets my attention because I hear it. You know, you know, only on very rare occasions over the many, many years have I audibly heard his voice and turned around and looked like that to see who was calling me. But in my spirit, when I'm praying and I hear that Michael, then it means it's time for me to stop and to listen. You see, praying to God is a two-way, two-way event. It's not just you giving up all of your concerns and crying out to him and moaning and weeping and so on and asking and asking and asking him. There's a time in your prayer time that you need to stop and you need to listen. This is where you get your support. This is where you get your direction. This is where you hear him give you very specific advice. Amen? Amen? So he, he's saying here, God says here, uh, sheep, sheep, you know my voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts, verse 4, and when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Amen? Please underline that. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. You see? Now, how can you follow Jesus if you don't really know his voice, if you don't recognize his voice? And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. All right, now, put a highlight all around verse number five. This is where, again, where, you know, I've had... Folks will come to me and they'll mention, you know, a certain event that they went to and, and certain things were happening in that particular event. And then there's, they're, they're saying, and everything is going wrong in my life. And I say, well, what happened at that event? And then when they start articulating to me what the person did, the laying on of hands and, and the things that were being spoken, I say, well, how could you even go up there? Why did you go up there? Why did you give in to that call? Why did you follow their direction? Well, they were saying, blah, blah, blah. They were saying so forth and so on. And I said, where in the word of God does it say that? Amen? So we need to check the voices that we're listening to. Not every voice is indeed the voice of the shepherd, you see? So you've got to get to the point that you know Jesus' voice because many of those ungodly voices will give parts of, of Scripture. They will quote and say certain things. They will say things that may sound like Scripture, amen? But you've got to be to the point that you know Jesus' voice. And you know Jesus' voice. And if you're really listening to God and if you've really been praying, if you wind up being in one of those situations unknowingly, unknowingly, you know, a relative or a friend invites you to attend this particular event and unknowingly you find yourself there. You listen very carefully to what is being said and you check it, first of all, by what you know of Scripture. But if you were to get up, that, that, that person that say, oh, I'm going to have a healing and anointing line. And when you get up to go and this person is not of God or this event is not of God, you will hear Holy Spirit telling you, don't go up there. You'll hear it. You feel in your spirit, you feel some hesitance about getting up and going up there and letting yourself, the hands be laid on you. Amen? You see, because you've got to get to the point that you know God's voice and you can separate it out. You know? And I've spoken to people who have been caught up in situations like that where they wound up in these events and they were sorry that they wound up going there. All right? Now, if you know God's voice, you'll hear him telling you, don't, don't react or don't do this and don't do that. Uh, verse number 6 goes on and says, um, well, verse number 5 again, And a stranger will they not follow, underline that, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Verse number 6, This parable Jesus spoke unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spoke unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Please underline verily, verily. Remember I said to you that in Scripture, whenever you see verily, verily, that's like, hang on here, hold on here, because here comes a dynamite truth. All right, Jesus used that also up in verse number 1. You can underline it up there too. 
But when Jesus starts saying, verily, verily, this is, listen carefully because here comes a dynamite truth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Underline, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, underline door, I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Underline all of that, please. The thief came not to, dest- uh, to but not to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Please underline or highlight all of that. The thief comes not to steal, but not to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, underline, he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep so what he's saying there is that if you can imagine this like he's using things that they would be familiar with farming you know if you were if you owned a bunch of sheep okay and you own the sheep but yet still you have someone that you hired a hireling you have a worker working in the field tending the sheep if the wolf comes at the sheep the hireling sees the sheep they're not his so he runs he runs. He doesn't really care about the sheep. The sheep, they're not his sheep. So he runs. This is what he's saying here. He say, okay, so the hireling will see the wolf coming, and he leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. 13. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep, and I and, and, and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You see, Jesus is the good shepherd. He cares so much for us and cares so much for us that what did he do? He laid his life down. He laid his life down. He didn't flee from the work that had to, to be done by him. 16. And other sheep I have that are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be done one fold and one shepherd. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. So what he's talking about here, now, see, don't forget, Jesus came first for who? The lost of Israel. Okay? So he's talking about now expanding it beyond the lost of Israel to what was called the Gentiles. All right? Anyone that was not born a Jew is a Gentile. All right? But as we know from Scripture, that Gentiles also came unto Jesus, came to, uh, came to the Lord. All right? And they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Underline, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. In other words, no man, no man killed Jesus. If Jesus or God had decided not to let Jesus go to the cross, he would not have gone to the cross. As simple as that. But as Jesus prayed in the garden at Gethsemane, he said, Oh, Father, you know, if this cup can pass from me, let it be so. But however, Father, not my will, but your will. So Jesus willingly laid down, laid down his life for us. Amen? Laid down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Please underline, this commandment I have received of my Father. Okay, so we see here again now, in coming to church to worship God and to hear the message then, again, what are the expectations? The expectations for us sitting in, in, a, in the sanctuary hearing a sermon, hearing a message, is that if I hear God's voice, then I will recognize. Now, 
This is all so important and so critical. Again, as I said, we're moving into a time where we see that the persecutions of the church are increasing. There are so many false prophets out there, it isn't funny. There are so many things that are supposedly saying things that are coming from God. And how do you decipher what, what is of God and what isn't? Amen? Amen? So we need to get to the point that we understand the shepherd's voice, that we hear what is of God and what is not. You need to be able to separate what you can trace back to the Bible, which you know is God's words being spoken. Nothing is being said that is counter to the Bible. God will never have anyone say or preach anything that is contradicting his word. It just won't happen. It doesn't happen. All right? Because if Holy Spirit is in charge of that sermon, if Holy Spirit is giving that message, then Holy Spirit is certainly not going to tell people who are listening something that is, is, is different from the Father. No more than Jesus could. Amen? Amen? So why again? Why do we go to church? We hear to, and we listen for God's voice. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. You know, it, it, sometimes we just take, we take so much for granted. We get, kind of get caught up in the habit of, of doing things, you know. Um, the, the, this is Sunday. Oh, let me look at the clock. It is now, you know, 7.30 or whatever time you get up. This Sunday, you know, look at the clock. Oh, okay. Oh, yes, right. I forgot. This is not Saturday. So you ever wake up thinking it's a different day other than it was? I don't know how many times I've done that. Oh, wait a minute. This, what's today? Saturday? Sunday? Oh, it's Sunday. Okay. So you get up and, and you go to church, all right? And so maybe for a moment you were confused over the time and the day a little bit. But after you do realize that today is Sunday and you're going to church, all right, then at that point it shouldn't be just a routine and a ritual for you to get dressed. You should try to take a little time to focus, you know, a little time to, to okay, this is where I'm going. Um, what's on my plate spiritually? What am I praying about? You know, what's happening with my wife or my husband, you know, or, or my loved one? Uh, what's, what's going on? Uh, uh, um, Lord, what is it that I want to hear from you today? Or even possibly there is something that you've been praying for and you're looking for some direction that you say, okay, Lord, if there's some, con- I need some confirmation here, you know, if this is the place you want me to hear confirmation, and Lord, speak to me today in church, speak to me in sanctuary, you know. And that has happened so many times, you know, wouldn't believe the number of people that have said that they they heard something. I don't know what the words could have been. They heard something that was confirmation to them about something they've been praying about, you know. And this is not uncommon to people that are real believers. As Jesus said, if you're one of mine, then you know my voice. So if you're sitting there in the congregation and the message is being brought forward and you, and you, and you know Jesus' voice, you'll recognize when Jesus is, spoke, is speaking to you, you know. I could read one whole chapter of something and there may be one scripture, one verse in there that is exactly what you need to hear. And it could be confirmation from something that you felt in your spirit or something that you, you heard elsewhere. But there'll be some confirmation because Jesus said that, my sheep know my voice. All right? Um, now, the word, when we hear that word, it's got to be mixed with faith in order for what you're hearing to actually, so you can profit by it. So let's go to Hebrews 4. And I want to start with verse number 1. 4, verse number 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of of entering into this rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. All right, let me read that again. Read that again. Let let, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. 
For unto us was the gospel preached. The gospel was preached to them as well as unto them. The same gospel was preached to, to them as well as to us. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay? So in other words, then, when you're sitting here in church and you're hearing God speaking to you, and you know, I mean, you may have one of those experiences that, you know, that I've had from time to time over the years, where you may literally hear God call you by name, but you know what's being preached or what is being said is for you. You know that what's being said is a witness to you or is confirmation to you. But if you don't take that word and act on it with faith or believe it and work it with faith, then what you heard from God is not going to profit you. It won't benefit you, in other words. All right? Okay? All right. God could come here and stand in front of you visibly and say, so be it. Thus saith the Lord. Standing here physically and tell you something about your life and tell you something that you want to do, that, that you want to manifest in your life. If you don't act on what God is saying, even though he's standing here in faith, then what God actually stood in front of you and said is not going to profit you. You won't benefit from it. Because faith is the thing that makes it happen. Amen? So the other part about coming to church is when you come to church with an expectation that you're going to hear from God, that somehow God is going to speak to you and you're listening for his voice, and you do hear his voice, either audibly calling you by name, literally, audibly, or in your spirit there's that knowing that that passage, that scripture, that verse that was read fits my situation, gee whiz, that's, that's the Lord giving me that confirmation. When you leave here Sunday afternoon and going through the rest of the week, if you don't act on that with faith, then you're not going to benefit from it. You're not going to benefit. Okay? You can hear the word of God coming to you, smacking you right in the face where you know, oh boy, oh boy. That, I, I heard a song that was sang by the choir one time in church. And that was for me. Because the words in that song was exactly what I wanted to hear. Exactly what I wanted to hear. Amen? Let you, know, let you in on a little secret. It's not really a secret, but let you in on a little thing here. Why do you think I put the words up there? We sing these songs over and over and over again. By now, all of us, I'm sure, know them by heart. Not like we have such a vast repertoire that you, you can't remember them. Amen? But I put the words up there because when you read those words that you're saying, those words can, can, can minister to you. Those words can hit you, perhaps, with something that you're praying about. Amen? The whole thing, turn it around. You know, what the, what the devil meant for evil, God can do for good. You know, that has meant a lot of things to a whole lot of people because in their lives, a situation popped up over the last couple of days that was devastating to them. Amen? But reminding themselves by reading the words and singing that song, turn it around with what, 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 what the, the devil meant for evil, God can make for good. Amen? That right there should minister to someone in remembering, oh, that's right. The devil's trying to, trying to, to do a job on me here, but, but the devil meant that for evil, but God can turn it around for good. Amen? Amen? So what I'm saying to you is that, is that what you're hearing in church, be it through music, through, through song, through the, the message that's being preached, or through Holy Spirit talking to you personally, amen? You can feel good when you hear it and say, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That's confirmation that, yeah, I can keep the faith and be strong because God is going to do so and so. If you don't act on that by faith, then you're not going to benefit by it. You won't benefit by it. You won't benefit, you know? You know, when I was a youngster coming up, you know, I don't know how many times my parents told me to do certain things, <laughs> you know, and I didn't act on it. I didn't follow what they were telling me to do, and I wound up getting into trouble. Amen? So God tells you to do something. You've got you to act on it. Amen? Um, <clears throat> Hebrews 4, one, uh, reading just a bit more. 
Um, okay, I'll, I'll do two again and keep reading. Uh, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we who have believed it, believed, do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter into it, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Please underline, entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits a certain day, saying uh, in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, please underline, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Please underline, Today, January 25th, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. Underline, uh, a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. Please underline, he has also ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, unless any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Amen. So what this is saying here is entering into that rest. Those that do not enter in his rest is unbelief. Entering into rest, obviously here, God is not talking about laying down someplace and going to sleep. He's talking about entering into his rest where you are not struggling, where you're not, you know, in turmoil, where you're not... in, in being anxious and, and, and worried so much about a situation. You know, when you, when you are at rest or if there's an issue going on in your life and there's something on your mind, you, you can't rest. You can't rest. You know, I mean, your shoulders get tightened up, you're feeling stressful, maybe your stomach will be upset. You're not at ease, you're not at rest. What Jesus is saying here, what the Word of God is saying here, is, is, that, is that if you act on faith, and what you hear God telling you to do, then you can enter into that rest. Whereas, like, you don't have that burden on your shoulders. You're not carrying it in anymore. And those that have unbelief, it's impossible for them to enter into that rest. Because what does it say about those that are struggling uh, to, do, to do it on their works, uh, do it themselves? Um, where, where is that? Uh, verse number 9. And ten, there remains therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also, as underlined, ceased from his own works. Okay? So that means that you stopped trying to do it yourself. You stopped trying to do it yourself. Amen? Amen? And again, that comes from, here I'm getting up on Sunday morning and I'm coming to church. And my expectation, you have, a, you have an expectation when you come to church that in addition to seeing all your friends and stuff and having a good time, that you're going to hear from God. You ever have that expectation? You know, what a novel new idea. Why are you going to church? I want to hear from God. Oh, incidental that I'll see my good friend so-and-so and see this and that. We can fellowship together and have some fun and talk about the game that we just, you know, yesterday or whatever. But I'm going to church because my expectation is I'm going to hear from God. My expectation is that I've got this bill to pay and I don't have the faintest idea how I'm going to pay it. I've got this note to pay. I don't have the faintest idea where the money's going to come from. But you know what? I'm going to go to church. And not only do I hope to see Andy and Joey and so on like that, but I'm going to go there and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to go there. I need to have a place where I'm with other saints of God, other brothers and sisters of God. I need to go to a place where there's, there's a common agenda, 
where everyone in that sanctuary worshiping God is there really to worship God, to praise him and to thank him from the bottom of my spirit, first of all, for everything that he did. To thank God from the bottom of my heart that he woke me up this morning. He gave me life. To thank God that, you know, I have shoes on my feet when there are so many that do not have shoes. To thank God for the fact that I have a warm home to go to. That I have a loving family, a healthy family. Amen. And I want to go and I want to worship God. And this other thing that's going on in my life, this thing with this note, this bill that's hanging around up there. Or this person that's giving me such a hard time. Or this family member driving me nuts. That I'm going to go there and I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to give it to God. Amen. Hence the reason why there's always a song where we can just have some quiet time to worship God. This is why I do that, to give you time, besides the singing and reading the words, but to give you time to sit and just reflect on God one-on-one. This is the time where you're just saying, Lord, you're saying, Lord, this is going on in my life, which he knows is going on in your life. But Lord, this is what's going on in my life, and I give it to you. And this is the time where it's one-on-one with him, because this is the holy place The song that we sing, you are standing on holy ground. Amen. When you've gathered here in the name of Jesus and you've come here to worship God, where you are standing is holy ground. It's consecrated ground. So knowing that my expectation, if I'm in in this surrounding and God is here with me, Holy Spirit is here with me. Jesus is here with me. He's in our midst. Amen. If I'm there with that expectation that God is going to talk to me, because I know that he is a great God and with, not, with him nothing is impossible. God knows how I can pay this bill. I don't understand how it's going to be yet. But my expectation is that when I go to church, I'm going to hear a word or somehow the Lord's going to minister to me. And there have been times that where you may not even hear something actually in Scripture, it'll hit you on the way home in the car when you're driving. Mark my words when I say that. It'll hit you in the word. It hits you in, 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 in your spirit when you're on the way home driving. Why is that? Because the word of God, is, 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 it's a living word. It's a living word. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen? The word, God, the word of God says that his word goes forth and it cannot return to him void. So in other words, what goes forth from God's word here when it goes to you, it's going to keep every single promise that God said it's going to promise in his life, in, 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 in your life. So that means when you hear the word of God, when you're sitting in a church service and and, and, and maybe at the time you don't hear the scripture that's addressing your need. The seeds of God's word, that spirit in God's word, did go forth. And if you're sitting in church and if you're listening, if you're listening, if your mind's not thinking about the Sunday ham or thinking about next week and so on, if you're really listening and if you're drinking in God's word, that word, because it's a spiritual thing, it's a spiritual thing. Just because I stop talking and the tape recorder goes off, does not mean that mean that that word is not working in your life. So that word that has gone forth is planted in your spirit. And if you're operating on faith, something will come to you because the Holy Spirit that is in you, when you're driving, something will be recalled to you. And you will say, well, gee whiz, that's what that meant. That's what that meant. This is how now I know to address the problem. And by faith, this is what I'm going to do, you see. So we come to church with the expectation that God is going to minister to my heart and to my spirit. He's going to guide me. He's going to answer my problems. going to take away all my concerns so that I can enter into his rest. Amen. And you come with that expectation. Last scripture here is Matthew. Go to the book of Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Hearing God's word. First, you, you have to come expecting to hear from him. And then after you hear from him, you have to be committed to acting by faith on what it is that you're hearing. Amen. Act by faith. Matthew 13, 
And we're going to do verse number one. Now, this is the parable of the soul in the season, so you know it well, or you should know it well, but we're going to go through it again. Um, 13, verse number one. The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went, uh, went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some of the seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Some fell into stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other seeds fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, please, in the line, uh, who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay, again, this is where Jesus is saying, if you have a red letter Bible that's written in red, is Jesus speaking. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I'm saying to you today, he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right? Because I believe that what is being said here today is very, very important. Very, very important. And if it isn't important to your life now, it certainly will be. It will be very, very soon. Amen. He continues here. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you, underline you, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. All right. So Jesus is saying to you, to us, it, us, it is given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away, even that what he has. Therefore speak I, un, speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing, see not. Please underline, they seeing, see not. And hearing, underline, they hear not. Please, please underline, hear not. Neither do they understand. Underline, neither do they understand. So they're hearing and they're seeing things, but they're not hearing or seeing really spiritually because they don't understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is become gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, unless at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, or their spirit, which is their spirit, and should be converted, and I should heal them. You see, so what he's saying that Isaiah prophesied that there will come a time when people will hear the spoken word, but they will not hear it. They will see things, but they shall not see it. So obviously Jesus is talking about something beyond physical hearing and physical sight. He's talking about that deep spiritual thing which is called spiritual understanding, you see. And so many times, you know, if we're coming to church and if we are just sitting there hearing, if we're just hearing with our physical ears and not hearing with our spiritual ears, amen, then we're not really perceiving and understanding the word of God. Verse number 16 says, But blessed are your eyes... He's going to line your, and, or either write the word my, so that when you're reading the scripture later on. But blessed are my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. It says your ears, but write my. Okay? But blessed are my eyes, for they see, and my ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets, um, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things that you see and have not seen them and to hear these, those things which you hear and have not heard them. Hear therefore the parable of the sower. Now he goes away to explain what it is that he was saying. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart, which is he which received seed by the wayside. So in other words, that's someone that comes to church and does not understand. Someone that comes to church, hears the message, and does not understand, and does not, by belief and faith, get it locked down into, my, into their spirit. When they leave and Monday morning comes up, or Sunday afternoon for that matter, as soon as you get out of church in the parking lot, you know, an issue starts. And it could be exactly what was preached in that sermon, but because the person didn't get it deep in their spirit, they didn't understand, the devil steals away whatever, whatever the message was about. Be it about faith, healing, or whatever it was. The devil steals it away. Because the person sitting there in the church did not hear it and did not understand it. Didn't get it deep in their spirits. So it gets stolen away. But he, in verse number 20, but he that received the seed in stony ground, stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and immediately with joy receives it, yet, yet hath he not root in himself, but endures for a little while, for when trial and tribula- when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he is offended, or immediately he, he, he falls away. All right? So that's the, pers- that's the person where it says there, he received the word, and started, the same as he that heard the word, and immediately with joy, with joy receive it, but he did not take root. So in other words, that's the person that will come to church and will worship and jump around, you know, and get the goosebumpy feeling, you know? You know? Oh, man. And I remember, I remember speaking to people in... You know, my sons here may recall that uh, after the service, uh, this was a different church, and, and they were talking about how great the service was and everything, and they said, oh, the music was great, and he had the so-and-so band that was playing there, and said, oh, wow, this sounded like it was a good time. Oh, it was awesome, man. People were crying. The music was beautiful, beautiful. Oh, what was the message about? The husband and wife looked at each other. Um, Do you remember what he was talking about? <laughs> Did he remember? Okay? But they enjoy the church, the church service. Okay? So this is the person that, that, that receives, they enjoy the church service, but whatever was said wasn't gotten down into their spirit. So therefore, a few hours later or a week later or whatever it was, they didn't even remember. So, so it didn't take root. This is what Jesus is talking about here. Okay? And yet, and yet have not root in himself, but endures for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he is offended. So if something else came on later on in, in that couple's life, the next week or whatever, that was troublesome, gave them a hard time, was challenging, because of the fact that the word that was preached in that Sunday service did not take root in them, they can't benefit by it. So therefore they wind up becoming offended, meaning that, that, they, are, um, that they wind up failing, you know, becoming very disencouraged, uh, disencouraged, all right? discouraged. 22. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, and the care of this age or this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So that's the person that hears a good word, hears a good, good message. But then because of the fact they're so caught up in the things of this world, you know, oh boy, I got to go out there, the Jones next, next door, man, that guy, you know, James Jones over there, he just bought this fancy Ferrari, boy, oh boy, oh boy, I wish I had one of those. He doesn't deserve to have that Ferrari. You know, I got to work out here. Matter of fact, I'm going to put a down payment on one next week and take out a second mortgage on my house and whatnot. My, my baby's college fund that I got put aside, I'm going to raid that fund. I'm going to go get me that Ferrari. So he's caring about the riches and the things 
things of this world and forgets about what the message was all about. And the message could have been, as for instance, you know, you know, lay up not treasures, you know, in this, but lay up your treasures in heaven and so on, you know, like that, where it doesn't uh, rust and, and moth can't steal and so on, uh, can't be, be rusting and stolen. And, and, and they get caught up in the riches of this world. And so the word does not take root so that when the time comes for him to need the word of God, he can't benefit by it because he's so concerned about worldly things. Amen. Amen. God will give us the worldly things that we need. God knows what we need. He may not always give us what we want, as you've heard me say, but he will give you what you need. But we don't focus on that. Amen. Amen. We don't focus on the worldly thing or the riches of this world. All right. So, um, okay. Then finally here in closing. 23. But he that received seed in the good ground is he that hears the word, underline hears the word, is he that hears the word and understands it. Okay, underline understands it. Is he that hears the word and understands it, who also bears fruit and brings forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Amen. So what he's saying here is that the person then that comes and hears the word, you know, and gets it deep down in their spirit, they understand it with their spiritual ears and with their spirit. They understand what is being, being uh, said and acts on it by faith. That's the one that brings forth fruit in, the, in its life, in his or her life. Amen. And that fruit can be in the form of so many things. Like I said before, prospering is more than just having a fat bank account. Prospering is having health. It's having healthy babies. It's having your property. It's having food on your table. You're doing well. You're doing well. And if you're doing well, then that means that you're going to rest. You're going to be entering into God's rest because you're not going to be struggling. You're not going to be struggling. Amen? You won't be struggling. So, he's looking at me. You won't be struggling um, the, the, way, the way we would if we're trying to do things on our own. Amen? So, coming to church, uh, uh, there's the praise and the worship thing, which, which starts the whole process with you getting in connection with God, expecting that when the sermon starts that, that, that God's going to talk to me. I'm going to hear something here that's going to, going to speak to me through the Word of God. And, and, and then keeping that down in your spirit and, and saying to myself that by faith I'm going going to receive what I heard. By faith, I'm going to act on what God told me to do. Amen? By faith, this unction that I'm feeling in my spirit, even if I'm uncertain, when I leave church, when you get home during the afternoon later on, get, get alone with the Lord and say, Lord, I think I heard you saying to me in chapter so-and-so, verse number so-and-so. Or if you don't remember the chapter and verse, Lord, I thought I heard you speaking to me through that message. Um, is this indeed what you want me to do? You know, give me that confirmation. That confirmation will come to you somehow. It could be in that phone call I was telling you about that I had with someone that to this day does not realize what was said. It could be someone, it could be someone on TV. It could be someone uh, uh, you know, in a neighborhood, something in a newspaper. Somehow God will certainly confirm what you believe you heard him say. Amen. But then you act on it in faith. Amen. So from this day, think about why is it that I go to church, you know. What's my expectation? And again, I have to say to you that I really believe that God is preparing his children. God's preparing his church because of where things are heading in the world and where God needs us to be in terms of being prepared. Uh, we see persecutions going around all over the country. We see persecutions right here in, in this country, not to mention the rest of the world. You know, we see what you see where there's a double standard, you know, where you can't say certain things about one 
religion or one person or something like that, but it's okay to just to just drag Jesus' name through the mud. Amen. But the minute you say so and so, oh no, you're picking on them. You can't do that. That's not politically correct. Amen. So something is changing out there, and we just need to change our focus and make sure that our focus is indeed God-centered. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.